You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's a great football team with a lot of moral fiber and a lot of character, and they showed it. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot. No place else you'd rather be than right here, right now. When it's too tough for them, it's just right Presented by Syracuse.com and NYUP.com. The Bills make me wanna. What is up, everybody? Sunday afternoon we're about to watch another sunday slate of nfl football without the buffalo bills because they're playing the new england patriots tomorrow night monday night football ryan talbot is on your right i am matt perino on your left and this is the shout buffalo bills football podcast brought to you by tops friendly markets your neighborhood store with more whether you're celebrating at home or away this weekend for the games, Monday night for the big game, Tops has all your fan favorites ready to enjoy for football, entertaining, or any occasion. What's up, Ryan Talbot? Bills and Patriots. So I, I suppose we should probably dig into that Monday yeah, night football let's game. Let's get into that action. And I'm, I'm all right. I want to start with Mac Jones. First and foremost, I think that if you're talking about players in this game that have the the, the you know the the biggest chance to determine the outcome, depending on which level of play that you get from that player. I think Mac Jones to me is that guy. And I, it's interesting because if you, if you say that off the top, you think, well, Mac Jones, I mean, they kind of like baby him a little bit, right? They built that offense around him and don't ask him to do too much purposely because they don't want to put him in situations where he can put this Patriots team in jeopardy. But here's the thing with this. Everything's gone pretty swimmingly to this point for Mac Jones. No team has really come in and figured out how to stop this offense. They're scoring pretty much uh, at will the last couple of weeks during the win streak, especially my interest in Mac Jones and this game and this environment and this weather forecast and this defense that he's going up against. What happens if you get a quarter or two into the game and things aren't working, all the things that they've kind of schemed up to make Mac Jones successful, the screen passes, the short to intermediate, you know, accuracy uh, popping number plays that they've really figured out a way to utilize their weapons. Hunter Henry, Kendrick Bourne, we're going to talk about both of those guys. If those things aren't working, can Mac Jones still lead a Patriots offense to a victory in a game that, I know the Patriots defense is better, but I can't imagine this Bills team doesn't at least score 20 points in this one. It's a great question, man. Listen, Mac Jones, I watched that Tennessee game last week. Uh, he had some good throws in there. The touchdown pass to Kendrick Bourne was, was a great throw. 
but but a lot of his throws were very short, uh, scripted, short intermediate area, and then his receivers did the work after the play. If he's throwing in rain, then snow, and forty to fifty mile an hour winds, one he might have some accuracy issues. We we don't know how he's going to do in these types of conditions. He did well last week against Tennessee in colder conditions, uh, but the rain snow wind combination is something he hasn't really had to deal with from high school in Jacksonville, Florida to college in Tuscaloosa uh, to now. So obviously he'll, he'll get plenty of experience playing these types of games in, in New England over the course of his career, but th- there's a little bit of an unknown there. So uh, I wouldn't be shocked if the Bills come in with the game plan, if, if the weather conditions are what people are anticipating. Stack the box, try to slow down that one-two punch in the run game, almost force Mac Jones to beat you. And, and then when it comes to those shorter passes, the Bills' defensive line, if they can't get home to Jones, get your hands up. Try to bat some of those balls. Make those opportunities happen because uh, – as you said, they're scoring a lot of points over this win streak, but a lot of those points are happening because the Patriots are building a lead early. And then they're, they're causing other teams to become one dimensional. And that's when their defense becomes really opportunistic, punching the ball out, creating turnovers, uh, kind of a, a similar recipe to what we've seen from the bills over these past few seasons in terms of get a lead, make another team one dimensional, and then you can kind of feast on those turnovers. So it's going to be interesting to see, especially in these elements. Yeah, I I really want to see how the Bills defensive front does against this New England Patriots offense that, you know, when healthy, their offensive line is among the more elite groups. Uh, I, I mean, they have some consistency there, but I I'm very interested to see how the Bills front is able to impact the game when it comes to getting after Mac Jones, because this is a guy that, you know, even going back to his college years, one of the things that people said about him was his ability to kind of move in the pocket, even for not being a, a really fast or quick kind of athlete. He's a guy that has really good pocket awareness. And this is a Bills defensive front with only 21 sacks on the season. I mean, it's not, they're not blowing you away with what they've been able to do. Uh, production wise in terms of getting to the quarterback, but they're making things hard on quarterbacks. They lead the NFL in pass rush win rate at over 30%. They're the only NFL team at only over 30% this season, which I think, you know, stands out. And so I think that if you can get some pressure, it's going to be key. But that's kind of past the point of what you have to do, I think, from the start. And that is kind of slowing down this run game. I think the Bills, even if Starless Hulay is not 100% healthy, I still think the Bills are better built to maybe slow this run game down in the mix. I think that his loss a couple weeks ago in the Colts game, I don't think that's getting enough hype or or love. If you will, they missed him a quite a bit in that game. Yeah, absolutely. I I said in my article one, if Starla Tulele plays and he's 65, 70, 75%, that's still a a big advantage for this bills defensive line. Uh, I think Ed Oliver has been playing great against the pass and the run this year. I I think that minus that Colts game, uh, they've they fared pretty well against the run this season. Even going against that Titans game, you take away the l- one long Derrick Henry uh, touchdown run, and, and he had pretty average numbers at, at the end of the game. So I think that the Bills go in with a game plan. Let's stack the box because Damian Harris, he, he's a bruising back. He can punish you. Ramondre Stevenson, same thing over four quarters in this type of weather. Uh, if the Bills let them in, in terms of maybe don't stack the box and let them run against them, they could find some success, but the, the, the Bills really have to uh, do their part, do their due diligence to shut down the run, really force the hand of Mac Jones, see what he can do. And listen, if he if in these elements, Jones ends up uh, winning the game or doing enough to win the game, then you tip your cap at him. But I, I think the Bills have to go in with a game plan saying we know what their strength is. We know what their 
what their best options are in offense right now in this type of game. And we have to shut that down first and foremost. So this game is super interesting as we kind of monitor the weather. Uh, I was trying to look at uh, the weather report for tomorrow uh, in Orchard Park. It looks like, you know, anywhere. I, I know some things, some websites or tweets I've seen in like 55 mile per hour winds uh, potentially, but I think it's more in the 20 to 25 range. And I think that's just normal for this time of year in Buffalo. I don't think that this Bill's offense is going to necessarily be, uh, that's going to be too crazy for them to deal with. I think it comes down to, is it going to be wet or is it going to get cold enough to where it starts to snow, which I think helps uh, the passing game, if you will. If it's a real slushy mess out there, a la back to that Baltimore game last year, I don't think anybody uh, on either side of this thing wants to see this, see that kind of game. But we'll have to track that as we go. The odds opened at minus three for the Bills, uh, 46 over under. In some books, uh, over on FanDuel right now, it's all the way down to 40 and a half. So people are hammering the under in this game because I think when weather comes into play and when you start talking about weather this far out from the game, it kind of spooks everybody and gets everybody kind of going on that under. I think even if the weather, you know, situation is what it is, unless the Bills defense completely shuts down the Patriots, I think this is going to be a game that goes over. I have it really close. Uh, when I sent my prediction for this game, I was about one point away from that fan duel total. So uh, I think it's going to be interesting. And the, and the weather certainly the, the main factor here. Uh, go back to that Baltimore playoff game. And uh, I would argue that Justin Tucker is probably the, the best kicker in the league or among the best kickers in the league. And, and he missed two field goals in that game, at least two field goals that usually would be kind of easy makes for him. So the wind can play with you. I know that Nick Folk was a little bit banged up. I know they brought another kicker. Folk was questionable though, so I'm sure he'll probably play, but the the wind can kind of mess with kickers in, in this stadium. And hopefully with the leg of Tyler Bass, you can depend on him to come through when, when his number's called, but we've even seen the wind play with him a little bit too in his career. Uh, So the kicking game could be off and also the punting game for that matter. Uh, in terms of the passing, it's hard to throw a wet football. It's hard to throw in 40 to 50 mile an hour wind. So I understand why this point total has gone down so drastically in terms of fans uh, hitting the, the under, so to speak. And I'm right around that point. Uh, I think that at least one of the teams gets over 20 in this game, but it wouldn't shock me if it was a low scoring affair. Um, defensively for the Bills, I wanted to hit on one other point. You know, Tredavious White out, Dane Jackson in. And I think that this is actually a game against a Patriots offense that I think does a lot of their damage. Like I mentioned in the short to intermediate area, there's not a boundary type of player that I think scares you in this game. I think that they'll be happy to, you know, lean on Dane Jackson. Levi Wallace is really good tacklers in this game and tell them, listen, when you're in the area, Get to the ball, put a hit on the ball. It's the message that they're going to have for all of their their back seven, uh, if you will. And I think Taron Johnson is a big, huge key in this game. Matt Milano, huge key in this game. But you know, I, I don't think that this is a game where Dane Jackson comes in here and is overmatched or out of his element at all. I think that they're confident in him quite a bit. Uh, I'm having a story come out on Levi Wallace tomorrow. I, I chatted with him quite a bit. A couple other people for the story as well, because you know, in a lot of ways, this becomes now his cornerback room you know what I mean I mean he's the the veteran of the group and Dane Jackson said I don't think people realize how smart Levi Wallace is and eh, when they're in that defensive backs room and they're breaking down film and by the way Tredavious White has been in the building this entire week you know helping Dane Jackson get ready breaking down film with Levi and the group and trying to kind of 
you know, share his knowledge and understanding of this Patriots offense and historically what he's faced with this group ahead of this big game. You know, Levi Wallace is a guy that I think that he's been kind of waiting for this moment. And, you know, wherever you sit on the Levi Wallace spectrum, and it, it could be a wide one, you know, he is having a really solid season. I think this is an opportunity just as much as it is for Dane Jackson, an opportunity for Levi Wallace to really stabilize things with Trey White out of the mix. And, you know, really in a, in a contract year for him to really go a long way to getting paid by the Bills this offseason or maybe even more so elsewhere, I think the Bills are really confident in him. And one of the things that I've continued to hear with Levi Wallace is he doesn't want to talk about the storyline of his career anymore, like overcoming the obstacles, get having to overcome every challenge for his starter job year after year. He's passed all that. He feels like he's an established player in the NFL at this point, and he wants to go out there and prove it. And I think, you know, this could be a game where Levi Wallace is, you know, has a good one against this Patriots Patriots offense. Yeah. And, and again, I'll worry a little bit more about the cornerback room when you're going up against a quarterback like Tom Brady here in, in the near future. Uh, Mac Jones doesn't necessarily stretch the field. I don't think he can stretch the field in 40 or 50 mile an hour winds with the rain, with the snow, with all these elements. Uh, Nelson Aguilar, good at, at getting down the field and, and teams have been respecting that. He, his stat line's not that impressive, but he's opened things up underneath for, for the weapons of New England. Kendrick Bourne having a nice season, but not someone that you necessarily stop and and game plan against. You're going to have Hunter Henry in that going across the middle that you're going to have to obviously factor for in this game. But they don't nest, they don't have any true superstars, so to speak. So I think this is a game where Levi and Dane can get comfortable and, and they can. Uh, hopefully make some plays, like you said, see ball, get to the ball, tackle. If you can get a helmet on the ball, if you can get a hand on the ball, the, the old peanut punch, you know, the Patriots are going to be trying to do that as well. Jar the ball free. I'm not necessarily thinking that this is going to be a game where you see um, one or or either of these cornerbacks get picked on. But as you mentioned, Levi's been a, around for a long time. He's a smart player. He's a savvy player. No one should expect Levi or Dane Jackson for that point to be the, a Trey White in, in this defense. There is no other Trey White on in this roster, on this roster to shut down a portion of the field. But we've seen enough from Levi, Levi Wallace to know that he's a solid player. We've seen Dane Jackson flash at times during his opportunities. He hasn't been perfect. He's had some missed opportunities, just like any player, young player will. But give them an opportunity. This is These are going to be very valuable reps. You already mentioned for Levi in terms of getting pay, paid, but also... For Dane Jackson, in terms of uh, next year, kind of establishing himself as the top option coming off the the bench, or maybe if Levi goes elsewhere, mixing it up and being in play for that number two job. I know there was a lot of talk about him going into this season, winning that job. It didn't happen, but now he's going to get a lot of valuable reps uh, over these last couple of weeks and into the playoffs, most likely as well. So we're going to really know where Dane Jackson is as a player in year two over these next. Uh, what six seven weeks shout a buffalo football podcast hosted by matt perino and ryan talbot thank you so much for joining us uh hit that subscribe button as well if this is your first time here this is the shout buffalo football podcast brought to you by tops friendly markets from hot to go pizza and appetizers signature fried chicken baby back ribs and subs to delicious salads and brownie trays tops has everything you need to feed the hungriest fan. I'm taking a look at the weather report here quickly, Ryan, and it looks like it's it's taking a good turn. And you never know with Orchard Park. I, I feel like I tell this to people all the time outside of Western New York. It's supposed to rain 
early on in the morning, actually a 90% ch- chance of rain at about 10 a.m. And then it looks over the course of the day, it's going to get colder. And by 7 o'clock, it should be under 40 degrees. By 8 o'clock, about 35 with a chance of snow showers. And I think that that's what you want to see. You're not seeing necessarily rain later on in the day. So that's a very good sign. All right, let's flip things over to the offensive side for the Bills because I feel like this is something we were talking about in the pre- on the pregame show over on four today is the spot that Josh Allen is in in this game. And all week long, we've been talking about the pressure of this game on both sides because of the, the just the stature of the game. I mean, we talked about it earlier in the week when we were when we had Fairburn on. Biggest game of the year in the NFL. I mean, this is kind of in a lot of ways, in, in, unless the Chiefs kind of get back into the mix here, which they have a chance to send a big message tonight against the Broncos. The winner of this game kind of takes control of the AFC in a lot of ways. I think a lot of teams are going to beat each other up today. That's at least what I'm anticipating. You can go head over to Syracuse.com. We have your three games to watch uh, throughout the Sunday slate. But for Josh Allen, you know, what do you think he needs to do in this game to be successful? Is it going to come down to him making enough plays to win? Is it eliminating the bad plays? Because for me, what I want to see from the start to the finish is composure. Whether he gets hit, whether he gets picked off, whether he fumbles the ball, I'm judging him more based on the two or three plays after those mistakes than I am going to be the mistakes themselves because I think this is a really good defense, an opportunistic defense. You're going to probably have a few moments in the game where you make mistakes. It's how you recover from them. And I think all, all eyes are on Josh Allen in this game. Yeah, I agree with that. And in terms of what he has to do on the field, I think composure is, you know, the first and foremost, what we need to see. But in the passing game, I want to see more of what they did against the Saints, getting the ball out of his hand quickly, uh, making those quick reads, letting his receivers do the work after the play, some big yards after the catch, some others where at least they were able to move the chains, get themselves into favorable conditions for second in, in short or third in short. That's what I want to see because we already know Matthew Judon is a force in terms of the pass rush. Uh, we, we've seen Deion Dawkins struggle against him at times in his career when Judon was with the Ravens in the uh, playoff game, I believe. He Judon beat Deion Dawkins in one play, stripped uh, Allen of the ball, and Dawkins recovered it. So, And we've also seen Dawkins have a little bit of a down year. So get the ball out quickly. I know that the offensive line, is there's signs of promise that they might have everyone back for the first time since week six. But get the ball out quickly. Let your playmakers do their jobs. If you run with the ball, whether it's a designed run or a scramble, protect that football. Uh, I've seen Allen get stripped of the ball far too often in his career in terms of it just takes one hit. It just takes a a punch and and it just comes free. We've seen him get hit in the backfield and it it comes loose a little bit too easily as well. So if he is going to run with this ball, he needs to protect it a little bit better as well. Limit those turnovers and the Bills can win this game. So if we're looking at the injury report and it's going to be a piece of what I want to talk about with the offense, um, you have three guys that are questionable for the game. Cody Ford, who it it seems like with Spencer Brown back in the mix, full practices all week, he's probably going to go back to a backup depth role. Um, he played well against the Saints. I thought that was his best game of the season. I don't know if we talked about that uh, enough after the game. I don't know if I saw it really in real time going back and watching. I thought he was he was really strong in that game. Chris Trapasso. Uh, from CBS Sports, he also put out a good video on that. Um, so he's questionable. Uh, Effie Obata is questionable uh, as well. Uh, he's still. Uh, it looks like he came. It came up like a hip injury or, or something like that in practice on Friday, which is concerning because I, he's a guy that we've talked about that has kind of been you know playing well over the last couple of weeks. So if he can't play and you're concerned at all about Star Latule, who was full on Saturday, 
um, which is a good news, which is good news. He has no injury designation. He is going to play on Sunday, but also another one to watch, Ryan. Reggie Gilliam limited in on Friday and Saturday, didn't practice on Thursday. He's listed as questionable as well. Yeah, you know, it's a short injury list. You mentioned Ford will likely go back to that reserve role. Uh, Gilliam, he's really important to the special teams unit. He, he plays some offensive snaps per week. We've seen him actually catch a few balls, uh, be a lead blocker on a few plays here and there in offense. But special teams is where he makes his his money. And then obviously F.A. Obata, we talked about F.A. Obata possibly playing a bigger role on this defense going forward. He's been impressive the, the past few games, uh, the versatility play inside outside. So whatever the injury is that he, he sustained, it limited him in the last practice that they had, has him as questionable. We'll kind of wait and see how that goes. Uh, but it, I can't sit here and say it would be a, a huge loss. It's not like a Trey White-type loss, but he's been playing well. And, and with this defensive front, uh, you want your, your best guys out there, and he's been one of your best players over the past few weeks. So you're, you're hoping F.A. Obana can play because of the versatility that he brings to that defensive line. Yeah, and I think that on the offensive line, it's important to remember John Feliciano still on injured reserve. Uh, we've got to kind of play the wait-and-see game here over the course of today and into tomorrow if the Bills activate him. He was out there practicing this week. We saw Marcus Stevenson the week before practicing on, and then uh, activated before the game. I think they'd, they'd like to get him in at some point here, uh, John Feliciano. Not so much for that I think he'd be this massive upgrade over Ike Butker. I think Butker's kind of found his rhythm a little bit. He's been a little bit better the last couple games, but I think it's more about, you know, understanding what the Patriots want to do pre-snap. And I think we've talked about John Feliciano being a guy that they rely upon there. So if they can get him back, great. I don't think they want to rush him back either. So it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. We know Spencer Brown is likely going to be at right tackle. Gives, allows you to put Daryl Williams at right guard. And I think that that helps because now you could probably, you know, run the ball a little bit more uh, consistently with Brown back in the lineup. They've done pretty good without him there. I know it was only three yards of carry last week between Brita and Singletary, but I expect him to be a little bit better in that department. Where do you fall on the possibility of Zach Moss? Because as this week is, you know, churned along, if Reggie Gilliam can't play, if he's an inactive, I think that that gives you an easy route to activating Zach Moss going with three running backs. In the past, I've talked about not liking that strategy because then I feel like you just got too many cooks in the kitchen, if you will, and, and trying to figure out the split uh, of carries and touches. But I think this is the kind of game that if you can, if it allows for it, having a Zach Moss available to you, I think is a, a, a better situation, especially considering how much success he's had against them. Three touchdowns in two games last year. Yeah, he, he looked good, especially in that first matchup on the ground against the Patriots last year. Obviously, the, a lot of their their big star players um, last year were on uh, opted out. They've added some talent there. So it's not to say that that will carry over, but he's a guy that maybe you would want to use in those short yard situations if you have that confidence in him around the goal line, if you think that he can uh, plow ahead. He, he's he had a pretty average season to date so far. So if he is inactive again, I wouldn't be shocked, but the bills are going to go in with some kind of game plan. I'm sure in terms of, you know, uh, this defensive front that they're going to be seeing who, who gives us the best option. If we need that one yard and we don't want to run a QB sneak, if we want to try something, is it going to be Brita? Probably not inside the tackles. If you're going to try to run a sweep or something, there's some risk involved in that in terms of losing some serious yards. Singletary has been okay in, in those situations, but Moss is probably your your best overall option in those scenarios, despite 
not necessarily having that success this year or much success this year. So it wouldn't shock me if Moss were were active. It wouldn't shock me if Isaiah McKenzie was a one-week uh, wake-up call as well in terms of players that we saw inactive last week. So, you know, time will tell, but with an injury to Gilliam, that's a possibility uh, in terms of opening that path for Moss. Um, what's your matchup to watch in this game for me? And it might be the same as me and that's fine. We can talk a little bit about it. Um, JC Jackson against Stefan Diggs. I think Stefan Diggs was money against this dude last year. I, I almost feel like it lit a fire up under him. I know you're probably going to have a JC Jackson coming back this year after kind of getting, uh, pretty consistently beaten that matchup, uh, in the, the, the Patriots, uh, house in an empty stadium uh, last year, late in December. Uh, but I think that that is a fun matchup. It's one that the Bills, I think, can rely upon. And Josh Allen talking this week about wanting to get um, con- uh, completions early in the game, get the offense going in a groove. I think you can use Dawson Knox in that area. I think you can use Cole Beasley as well, depending on the personnel usage that you want to do. But I think when in doubt, get the ball to Stephon Diggs. Yeah, I think that is the number one matchup to watch. I'm going to go with Matthew Judon versus Deion Dawkins. Uh, that's another one that you should really keep an eye on uh, and watch because if Josh Allen gets the ball out quickly, maybe they don't need Dawkins to be great. But Dawkins has been painfully average at times this year or below average. He's been beaten. He looks like he's a, a step behind at times. So the Bills really need him to, to bring his A game against Judon, who's one of the the best pass rushers in the NFL this year. Uh, up there in terms of the sack, someone that can be a, a real disruptor. So the Bills need Deion Dawkins and this offensive line as a whole to play one of their best games of the year on Monday night. I'm a little concerned about Dawkins, to be honest with you. Listening to him talk this week about the conditioning level, just not really returning to where it was a year ago. He doesn't know if it's COVID related or just getting into his fifth year. But, uh, you know, I think that would be a pretty significant drop off to be going through this kind of ordeal. Um, just because you're, you know, one year older. I mean, Deion Dawkins is, uh, he's not even 30 yet, right? I mean, what is he, 27? So, I mean, yeah. that he's in the prime of his career. And to be dealing with this week to week, I think is very concerning. I think that's a great, great point. And maybe they might want to put Matthew Judon over there just to see if that's a matchup that they can exploit. But I think it's going to come back to Josh Allen and whether or not that he can, you know, really, this could be a game if they're able to get upfield and get pressure from the edge that Josh Allen can maybe get outside of the pocket and create a little bit there as well. I think he did a little bit of that. I go back to that touchdown catch that he or throw that he had to Diggs last year when he kind of threw it back across his body going across to the left and just a dart in the back of the end zone. I mean, some of those kind of plays could be uh, interesting. All right, prediction time. Um, what do you got, Ryan? I have the Bills winning this one 24-17. I think it is going to be a lower scoring game because of the elements, because of the weather. Josh Allen hasn't been phenomenal in these types of games with the sloppy weather, but you know what, what he can do. You know that he can put up some points, move the offense, uh, get them into these snares. We still don't know enough about Mac Jones. I went back, I did the research. The coldest game he ever played in in college was a road game against Arkansas, which was in the 30s last week uh, against the Titans was his coldest NFL game in the 30s. This one by, you know, third quarter, fourth quarter, we're probably talking upper 20s. We're talking heavy winds and we're talking snow. How does he fare in those conditions? Time will tell and maybe he proves me wrong, but I'll take Josh Allen over Mac Jones one any day of the week, but also in these types of conditions. So Bill's win in a one score game. Yeah, the way that the weather is trending, I'm starting to like this pick a little bit more. Uh, I made it early in the week, and I'm going to stay with it uh, for consistency purposes. Bills 27, Patriots 21. But 
honestly, like if you're asking me for what I'm feeling now, if the weather holds up like it does now, I do think the Bills can maybe win by two scores. And I think that they can get over 30 points in this game. I know that the Patriots defense is what it is, but I think that the Bills defense can put a lot of pressure on this Patriots offense. If they're not able to make plays early in the game, if the bills can, you know, if they get four possessions in the first half, because you're forcing three and outs for the Patriots and you could score on two of those and, you know, take 10 points, at least in the halftime. I think the bills have shown in recently uh, the trend has been that they've come out in the third quarter played pretty well. So I think that I like the bills here. I'm very confident that 27 to 21 pick, but we'll see how it plays out over the course of the game. I think this is a, it's not a must-win game. I mean, the Bills still have, even if they lose this game, they still kind of control their destiny. This will be their first loss in the division. It'll be the same amount of losses in the division as the Patriots have, who lost to the Dolphins earlier in the season. But this is a game where you can make a statement in so many ways. The, just winning the division is not the expectation anymore. It's why consistently I've been putting out these articles, tra- kind of tracking what's going on on Sundays. The number one seed is still the goal, and it's very much within play for the Bills. You look around the league, you know, uh, the Chiefs playing against a very tough Broncos team today. The Pittsburgh Steelers, you know, they're five, five and one, but they're they're not a pushover. They can go out and, be, and beat the Baltimore Ravens on any given day. They play today uh, at four twenty, and then the the Bengals, the upstart Bengals. Whenever they look good, they tend to come back and look a little bit more average the week after. They're playing the Chargers in a very important game to watch too. So I'm going Bills twenty seven twenty one in this game, but I think you should be very confident in that if you're a Bills fan. I think they go they go in they and they take care of business. Speaking of taking care of business business. If you're hosting a large party, check out Tops' huge selection of party platters for a delicious, effortless, and affordable, no way, no stress way to impress. For complete details, stop by their carryout cafe or visit topsmarkets.com slash fantasy foodball. I am Matt Perino. He is Ryan Talbot. We will be live late night. Shout is back tomorrow. It's gonna we're gonna be burning the midnight oils, uh, probably around 1245 uh, Eastern time in the morning. We will come back with uh, the podcast recapping everything that happened. Bills versus Patriots. Take your questions. It's gonna be so much fun for him. I'm Matt Perino again. Don't miss it. Enjoy the game tomorrow, everybody. Shout a Buffalo football podcast hosted by Matt Perino and Ryan Talbot.